Before we get into today's message, if you're new to Crossroads or you've been here for a little bit, um, but you've never heard us talk about our approach to preaching and teaching, I want to give you a little bit of insight as to how we go about communicating from up here like I'm going to do today. It's driven a lot by this idea. Knowing without doing counts for nothing, okay? So knowing without doing counts for nothing. So um, you can get an A in school or a raise at work for knowing something. Um, But that is not how it works as it relates to our faith. Uh, Knowing without doing is not following. So we kind of took this from another church, and we say it this way. Spiritual maturity is always measured by application. Spiritual maturity is always measured by application. That it's not about how much you know. How much you know does not make me or you mature. It's how much are we doing with what we know. That is the only way to measure spiritual maturity. There's not going to be a Bible trivia class when we stand before God, and he won't, he won't ask us to name the books of the Bible in order, which is fun if you can do that. Bravo, that is awesome. Um, so that is why when we're up here, we preach a lot of doing messages instead of just knowing messages. Uh, because Paul even said, and, and knowing is great, knowing stuff is awesome, if you're doing something with it, right? Because again, if you know it and aren't doing it, you can have all the verses uh, on love uh, memorized and, and, and be really poor at loving people. But you have the information. So we preach a lot of doing messages, not because doing is what saves us. We're saved by what Jesus did for us, not by my works. But now that I'm saved, it's time to get to work. It's time to apply um, what we are learning. So if you're kind of wondering, like, oh, man, I wonder why is it they seem to, to tackle things in a certain way, um, it's because we also want to be mindful of Paul's warning that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Have you ever had, have you ever had, had uh, a lot of information that everyone else didn't have, and he kind of felt like, kind of a little puffed up, I feel kind of smart. Um, yeah, knowledge can do that. But love builds up. So we want to be people who are growing in applying, loving our neighbor, loving God, loving our enemies, loving strangers, everybody, and loving ourselves. So so today's message is going to be heavy in the doing, and that's on purpose, um, because that's what makes us mature followers of Jesus Christ. Um, So uh, I want to pray that God would give us ears to hear... And in addition, that, in addition to that, commitment to do something with what we've just heard. Okay, so Lord, I just even by faith touch my ears and would pray you would give me ears to hear, not just from you right now, but certainly right now. But long after I'm off this stage and I'm in my car and I'm driving home, give me ears to hear. And then, Lord, give me the courage, give me the conviction, give me the commitment then to obey, to say yes to follow through on what you have revealed to me. Lord, do that in me. Give me a heart that has the courage to want to say yes to what you have already shown me. Do that for all of us. Give us us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, welcome to track two of our mixed tape series. 
Uh, mixtape, this is kind of like our favorite hit. So each community, normally like communicators will get together and we'll kind of create the content together. But the mixtape is kind of fun in that the communicator gets to pick like their favorite hit and get to talk about that. And so uh, that's what this series is all about. So um, I am old enough to have made mixed tapes. And so I just want to share with you some of the artists or songs that would have been on my mixed tape that frankly, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you were on there. Okay. So here's just a couple of them. Uh, Paula Abdul's Straight Up. Um, you know that straight up now tell me, do you really want to love me forever? Thank you. Uh, Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. I'm uh, totally ashamed about that. And Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You, which is where Whitney got it from, if you didn't know that. Uh, and also the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas songs were on my mind. Absolutely. I, I just got the most judgmental look from one of someone on our worship team right now, but that's fine. That's fine. I received that. I told you I was embarrassed to say this. So uh, here's what I used to use uh, to make uh, mixtapes at my house. I have a picture of what, of, yeah. So some of you had some version of that. And um, because headphones weren't so universal back then, people around my generation heard these words a lot. Turn it down. Turn it down. Because we didn't have things over our ears usually, so we had to turn it down a lot. And I remember going to my middle school uh, dances, and uh, there would always be one dude just standing by himself in front of the giant speaker and just standing there. And I'm like, dude, this guy, <laughs> that guy's about 47 now. And uh, I'm sure, like, his hearing loss is so significant, he can't hear anything, like, below a foghorn, right? Like, I'm sure he lost a lot of hearing. And uh, I remember I had my own encounter with hearing loss uh, on, a, I think it was my fifth anniversary trip to the island of Kauai. And, uh, and uh, Christy and I went, uh, as if, in case you were wondering, I went with someone else on my anniversary. No, it was my wife. And... Um, and uh, so I was told about this by the locals, this cool rope swing into a pool of water. I was like, oh, got to do that. My hero's Indiana Jones. He does stuff that all, like, all, all the time. Let's go do that. So it was a really cool rope swing, went off of it, landed perfectly, feet first in the water. And when my head went under the water, I just heard boom uh, in my ear, in my right ear. And so I was under the water, kind of disoriented and dizzy, and my ear was ringing. I was like, oh, my gosh, what the heck just happened? And when I got up out of the water, I remember just being mad because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stop doing this. This is too amazing. So I just kept going off the rope swing, which was incredibly painful because I didn't realize I had just ruptured the membrane in my ear and I had a hole uh, in my membrane. I didn't know that. I didn't know that for a year because that's how long it took me to go to the doctor. <laughs> and uh, so I remember Christy, like, I would just feel like, I think I have water in my ear. So I would put alcohol drops in my ear, and I didn't realize I had, like, like hundreds or thousands of, like, nerve endings that were just exposed. So I remember being on the phone with her once. I'm like, hey, as I'm putting it in, and she just, <laughs> she hears me fall to the ground, and she's like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, I'm just laying on the ground. That's where I'm going to be for a while. And uh, so I'd lost about 50% of the hearing in my right ear, so I had to go in for surgery, and the incredible, incredible medical world, so happy to be born in the 20th century and living in the 21st century. They fixed it. I got probably almost all of it back. It's a little bit less in my right ear, but got about, I'm up to like 90% back, right? And I, as I was thinking about for this morning's message, 
is that it required like anesthesia and a surgeon to get my hearing back. And, but I think we can actually increase our hearing without either of those two things, okay? Uh, unless you want to see God as like our awesome surgeon who can do magnificent work with his hands and touch our ears and increase our hearing. So if last week's track, track one, was all about our words, this week's track is all about our ears. So I, I just, this is just my opinion. I believe like Listening is an underdeveloped, underappreciated, and underused gift that God has given all of mankind. Um, listening is underdeveloped. So in high school, you can take speech class to help you speak. Uh, you can then sign up for the debate team and argue with people. And then when you graduate, you can go to college and register for a communication class. And despite the fact God gave us all two ears and one mouth, I don't know that we're going to find too many classes on how to be a better listener. I don't remember the listening class in high school. And, uh, and why is that? Have you ever wondered why, as a society, we tend to always prioritize speaking but not listening? Uh, at least that's how I feel about it. And this is despite the fact that teens and parents and employees... One of their main complaints is that their teens and their parents and their bosses don't listen to them. One study showed that uh, around 40% of teenagers don't feel heard by their parents. And another study showed that about 74% of employees don't feel like their managers take their ideas serious and listen to them. Um, and along this line, there's a gentleman named Julian Treasure who gave a couple TED Talks. And I want to show you the picture of the first one. And this was how to speak so that people want to listen. Okay, how to speak so that people want to listen. This video has around 55 and a half uh, million views. So incredible. Okay, a video, another TED Talk, this same guy did a few years earlier. Next one, five ways to listen better, has about 11 million views. It's been out longer. And hardly anyone wants to watch this one compared to how everyone else, how you can be a better communicator to everyone else, like five to one. Think about that. There's just something in us that we would much rather figure out how to get everybody to listen to what we have to say than to figure out how we can be really great at listening to what they have to say. Listening is underappreciated. I don't know how many of us, including myself, realize in real time the power our ears possess to heal, to comfort, to help somebody know that they're not alone. I think we may not think about these that God has given us. We may not be thinking about them enough and the power that we possess right here. Uh, listening is, I find, often underutilized because this keeps getting in the way. That well, I, I would really love to listen, but <laughs> this bad boy's got to start talking now. And one of the biggest obstacles, I think, to, uh, to, to no longer being a poor listener is, is from the fact that it's so hard to self-diagnose. So you may find out you're a poor listener because someone in your life has the courage to go up to you and be like, hey, you're really bad at this. 
or some version of that. And if they do muster up the courage to tell you that, um, your mouth may take it really personal and start to defend itself and not listen to what they're trying to say. Uh, I think we've, uh, <laughs> I thought of it this way, like poor listeners are like poor drivers. We've all experienced them repeatedly, but none of us are them. They're out there. They're out there somewhere. So we've all complained about somebody who doesn't stop talking or they keep interrupting, but have we ever once complained about someone who attentively listens to us? Have we ever like looked at someone and said, you know what their biggest problem is? They just constantly tune in to every word I have to say and then thoughtfully respond with a comment or question. It is so annoying. Uh, good, good listeners are like humble people in that we just love them. We can't get enough of them. In fact, most often, humble people are excellent listeners. That's part of what makes them humble and what makes them so attractive to us. Because listening is like underappreciated and underdeveloped, um, it can maybe help explain why we have all been on the receiving end of one of these types of non-listening. All right? So I, I just kind of had fun, got some help from a friend, and I created, I created like just like two word sentences for the different practices of a non-listener. Now, here's where I need you to help me, <laughs> and I have to help myself. As we go through these examples of non-listening, I want you to actively resist the urge to elbow someone near you, okay? Most sincerely, I want you to do whatever you got to do to not go, oh, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this, okay? Because remember, poor listening is hard to self-diagnose. So maybe through me, God will just use me to diagnose it for you, okay? If you have ears to hear, okay? So look for you. Don't look for anyone else but you, okay? Are we agree to that? We're going to do that? All right, let's have some ears to hear. So find yourself. The first one is the talker. This one's pretty easy to explain. Um, we already had a hand go up. Uh, they don't listen um, because they just don't stop talking. So you're the one on the receiving end going, nope, oh, we got to go, okay, well, good talk, good talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, the talker, they just, they just can't put a period anywhere, right? Uh, that's real, that's real. Okay, uh, this next one, this, is, uh, this has gotten more significant uh, since 2007 when the iPhone came out, right? The half listener. This is the person that is scrolling and you're going, yep, uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Or you're at your keyboard typing away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you hear me? Yeah, well, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm really good at multitasking. I swear you have my full attention. Um, so half listeners don't realize how fully invisible the person speaking to them feels. They don't realize it. Because it's just a, it's a, it's an unconscious habit. It's just what we're doing. We just... We're, you know, you ever talk to someone and you could, you're making eye contact, but you see them kind of like, and you're like, oh, I don't know that they really just want to talk to me right now. <laughs> kind of looking around. 
I remember when my family, my children included, had to go to me, Dad, like, can you just close the laptop? Oh. Because I kept telling myself, oh, I can, I'm paying attention while I'm typing and thinking about stuff. Um, here's the next one, the, uh, the interrupter. So you just, you, they let you start, they just, you don't ever get to finish. Uh, this is the verbal equivalent of intentionally cutting someone off with your car on the highway. You're just like, oh, you want that lane? Whoop! <laughs> it's me now. I'm going to drive now. They don't know it. They're not trying to be rude. They're just the interrupter. It's what they practice. It's the muscle that they've worked out. Um, remember, find yourself, find yourself, find yourself. Here we go. The finisher. They let you start, and then they, they got it. They'll, they know, right? They all, let me just finish your thought for you. Um, they already know what you're going to say. Uh, and so they pick up the conversation, but they don't realize by picking it up, they just brought the conversation to an end. Conversation's over. Because I'm just going to take it from here and take what you were going to say and, you know, finish it for you. Uh, all these kind of touch and connect, as you'll find. There's a little bit of overlap for sure. The next one is the assumer. They just kind of already know once you started, I already know where you're headed. So I already got it figured out what you're going to say. And you ever have them, they'll like, they'll like give you and you're like, oh, I actually, I wasn't, no, that wasn't anything that I was about to say. And you can only say that if they stop talking long enough for you to actually tell them that. Otherwise, you just let them go. I'm like, all right, just have at it. You know what they say about people that make assumptions? It's like a bad word in the word, you know? I've heard that one. All right, I won't fill it in if you don't know that one. Okay. Uh, here's another one. The fixer. As soon as you start talking, they're in mechanic mode. It's time to fix this person. And all their ears are tuned in is to fix you at that point. Listening is like just an obstacle in the way to fixing you. Okay? They're the fixer. That's how they're listening. Uh, here's another one. The redirector. The redirector. They could just bring it back to themselves. Bring it back. Whatever you're saying, let's bring it back to me. Whatever you're talking about, just bring it back to me. Let's, let's make it about me. They're not trying to be selfish. They're not narcissistic. It's just what they've practiced. Uh, the relator, they just kind of know what everyone is going through and how they feel. Except they don't realize that they just made that person feel very unseen and very unheard. Because we often really don't know. Even if we've gone through something similar, we don't always really know what it's like to be them fully. Uh, what about this? The topper. I'll see your cool story and raise you this. <laughs> Right? So you finally have this cool story to share, and they're like, oh, yeah. And then they just move on from yours and be like, here's what I did. And, uh, yeah. Lastly, the pouncer. The pouncer. This person is just standing there waiting for their chance to speak. They look like they're listening, but they're just waiting to talk. They're just waiting for you to finally wrap up so they can finally get in there and share. So as soon as I had someone confess this to me, uh, during prayer times where people uh, will start praying and they will just kind of only be thinking about what they're going to pray when it's their turn to pray. I was like, oh, that's really great self-awareness that they possess to go, oh, yeah, they're kind of pouncing. They're just waiting for their chance 
Okay, so take a picture of this. You may need to take a picture of this, not to use uh, to destroy someone that you live with or drove here with or work with, but that you would use this for yourself to maybe find yourself because there may be some of these that you exhibit or practice a lot more than the other ones, and God could use that to grow you. So take a picture of that if you'd like. Um, we just have to remember that anytime we're practicing one of these forms of non-listening, we aren't listening. And we tell ourselves we are, I'm really good at multitasking, but we're not. And most importantly, the person on the receiving end of all of these doesn't feel like you're listening. So even if you think you are, it's still not helpful. They don't think you are. They just don't think that you are. So early in my marriage, I had to work really hard at not being the fixer. And she would get really frustrated because she just wanted to get something out. You ever just need to vent or vomit or just go, blah, this was hard? And, and Christy wouldn't want that moment to, like, me get the hammer and so on. Be like, all right, time to fix this bad boy. She's like, I just want you to, would you just, just listen? I don't need you to do anything. So we actually started doing this uh, because I, I kept accidentally frustrating her. Is we talked about it, and I was like, okay, when you are getting ready to maybe share something, would it be helpful if I just asked you if you want me to just listen or to fix? She goes, that would be great. So I'm like, hold on. Do you want me to fix anything right now? And she's like, nope, just listen. I'm like, okay, I'm just just tuned in, turn, throw, fixer away. Because there are some times where she's like, I do want you to listen for a solution. So we actually just would have a very formal conversation. Are you wanting me to fix anything? Nope. Yes. No or yes. So I was like, oh, so that was a helpful question for me to ask. Um, I've had to actively work on not being the pouncer and just like waiting for my chance to hop in. So that's one I'm working on. But I can find myself at any moment in any one of these. Um, so let's get, let's get transparent about you. Uh, who is just going to confess right now that you are on there? And what, the one that you are, the, are the, I'm just going to pick a couple. I saw your hand. Yes. Right here. Yep, there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. All the way in the back. All of them. Yeah. Fixer. Yeah. Yep. The finisher, fixer, and pouncer. Yeah, it'd be great if that was like a wrestling name, but not so great <laughs> in relationships. It's not awesome. Um, so each one of these non-listening are being driven by an unhelpful thought that we have. Uh, and each one of us owes it to ourselves and to the world that God so loves that we sing about today. We owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the world God has placed us in to reach them with our love to find out which of these we aren't thinking about and aren't actively working on. And once we gain some self-awareness around which of these maybe plays itself out the most in our uh, relationships, um, we need to get super curious as to why we do these things. That's where the gold is at. So it's not just enough to know you're a fixer. You should ask yourself, well, why do, why do I feel like I have to? That's where you're going to get some freedom. So why do I look at my phone when someone's talking to me? Why do I feel like that that is a really great way to listen to somebody? Why is that? We should explore that. Uh, why don't I let someone just finish their sentence? What thought do I have in my head that tells me they can't? I have to talk now. Why do I feel this internal pressure to communicate to them that I understand 
and I can relate. What is that? What is that thought that is pressuring me to say that, even though I really don't understand? What thought am I having that drives me to, as soon as someone's talking, I have to fix them, I have to fix them? Where does that come from? Why do I do that? What causes me to stop listening and just start working on my reply? What thought is driving that? And if you can figure out the thought that's driving that, you're going to stop doing this. You know, not perfectly for the rest of your life, but you're going to grow in loving people with your ears. One of the thoughts that drives my need to fix others is the belief that I can't handle their pro- how their problem is making me feel. So if I can fix their problem, then I don't have to have let their problem become my problem. So let's just fix them. Another thought that I have is that I really value loving people with my words more than I actually value loving them with my ears. And the ironic part about all of that is you can't really love someone with your words unless you have first loved them with these. That is actually a prerequisite for loving someone with my words of wisdom or counsel or whatever I have to offer. My ability to love someone with my words diminishes the moment I start diminishing how well I'm loving them with my ears. So I am just very thankful that God is nothing like me. Um, And I take a lot of comfort from knowing that God is not a non-listener. That Jesus never half listens. That Jesus isn't the topper. He's not like, hey, you got cut from your lacrosse team? Speaking of the cross, I died on one. You think your life is hard, right? He's not the topper. He's okay with it. This joke was approved by Jesus. I clearly heard him say that. Jesus isn't the topper. If anybody could be the topper, it'd be him. He went through all kinds of tough stuff. He cares about a kid's goldfish that passed away. And he cares about a kid's grandma who's sick. He doesn't do the topping thing. Well, look what I went through as your Lord and Savior. He listens. Love that. Love that. This is how the psalmist in the book of Psalms describes our heavenly Father. Listen to this. Psalm 18.6 says this. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help from his temple. He heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Everything the psalmist cried, God heard. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that about our Heavenly Father? Psalm 34, 17 says this, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their trouble. Uh, Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends and disciples, Uh, wrote this in his letter, 1 Peter, in the New Testament, says this, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. God loves us with his ears. Now, God is spirit, so there's kind of a metaphor going here. Jesus had ears, though, and he loves us with his ears. And I take a lot of comfort from knowing God is here. He's here, and he hears us. I love that. We can be here and not hear anybody and not listen to anyone. But God is here and he hears us. Those of you that raised your hand that you need a breakthrough, he heard you, he saw you.
God's ears are always open. I love that. They're just always open. And did you know open ears, open doors for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others? Open ears, open doors to share the good news of the gospel to those who are in need of comfort, need of hope, in need of grace, need of prayer, need of wisdom. Ironically, it's the words that often come out of my mouth that end conversations, while it's my ears which cannot speak that keep the conversation going. When my ears are open, someone may open up and share about something they're ashamed about, something they're embarrassed about, something they're afraid about. I'm so thankful for counselors and therapists that whole community, we need them more than ever. And I sometimes wonder if we need them more than ever because many of us can't find someone with open ears in our home and at our school and in our friendship circle. So we got to go find someone who has ears to hear. God loves people with his listening. And I think the psalmist You can go through the book of Psalms and you'll see that constantly, that he loves us with his listening. And my prayer for me and for us is that God would give us ears to hear. God would give us ears to hear. Ears that are listening are ears that are loving. Ears that hear are ears that can heal. I'm not overstating this. Ears have the capacity to help someone tremendously. We can't afford to underestimate or underappreciate the value in life loving people with our ears has. And we also can't afford to underestimate the cost to a society that grows to become non-listeners. There's a heavy cost to a society when people grow to become non-listeners. Much of what is modeled for us in our culture is non-listening. That is what our leaders model to us. Be heard, listen to no one. Some of us actually get really excited when our leaders do that, if it's our leader. So then we become like them instead of becoming like him. We stop listening, loving people with our ears. Because we just want to tell them everything with our mouths. And again, there's a time and place to love people with our mouths after we've loved them with these. Proverbs said it this way. Solomon was just, I don't know if he's super grumpy this day or what. He had a lot going on. Um, Proverbs 18.13 says this, answer before listening is both stupid and rude. We don't even let the word stupid be used in my house. So I'm using it here because I feel like I get a freebie because it's a verse and I'm reading it so my, parents, my kids can't hold it against me. Um, but answering before listening is both stupid and rude. Ouch. And we can all be guilty of this, even if we're not intending to. In fact, I bet you really struggle listening to people who really struggle to listen to you thus becoming the very thing that you hate. Well, they don't ever listen to me, so I'm not going to listen to them, which is how we got there in the first place. So my answer to that problem is for me just to become them. And then you see how it just spins and spins and continues on. 
We get so upset with people because they're rude and stupid, so we start acting stupid and being rude. And then we tell ourselves the story is why we can do it and they can't. Uh, many of us prioritize being understood over seeking to understand. That's a big thing in our culture that we can easily pick up. And I'll tell you, it satisfies my pride if everyone could just understand where I'm coming from instead of me trying to figure out where you're coming from. In my flesh, that just feels really good. Uh, Solomon wrote this. It says, a fool does not delight in understanding but in revealing his own mind. Ouch, stupid, rude, fool. Uh, he is not messing around. I have been this fool. I do not delight to understand. I would rather have you understand where I'm coming from. This is all very countercultural. that if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we are going to have to go against the current of culture dramatically. And we may look to our left and right and not see a lot of people doing it, but that's how we know we're on the narrow path that Jesus called us to. I think it's kind of ironic that it feels like those who are most adamant that they're understood spend so little time trying to understand where others are coming from. So for many of us, including myself, these non-listening are just kind of muscles we've worked out for years. And we brought them to our schools and into our homes and into our marriages, into our second marriage. We just bring them with us wherever we go. And we become quick to speak and slow to listen, which is why the Holy Spirit inspired James, brother of Jesus, to write these incredibly countercultural words that are so relevant and so important for us today. In the book of James, in the New Testament, James writes to a group of Christians living in the first century Palestine. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, I think he says that to us, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord, dear Adam, dear Crossroads, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to love with our ears, and very slow to speak. Guys, how many of us know this is not being modeled anywhere, <laughs> just nowhere? This is not a value in our world, okay? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow them to become angry. So he says, take note, meaning don't just read this. Don't just hear these words. Take note. Do something with what you've just heard, that James will know that I have taken note if I become quick to listen and slow to speak. And he will know that I have not taken note anytime I am quick to speak and slow to listen. So quick to listen. I'm a parent. Parents, that includes you and me. Everyone needs to be quick to listen. Parents, that includes us with our teens and our middle schoolers and our young adults. This is not just something for our teenagers to apply towards their parents. It just says everyone should be. Um, those of you in authority, maybe you're a boss or whatever, an employer, you should be quick, quick to listen, quick to listen. If you lead a team, if you're in a small group at Crossroads, you should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to text back. Slow to reply. Slow to post. Be very slow to post.
Does anyone, don't raise your hand, you don't have to, this is rhetorical. Does anybody feel like our, our country is becoming a little bit angrier? And if you do feel like that's the case, how many of you that makes you really angry? I think anytime a group is becoming angry, a society, a culture, a country, it's because they have completely ignored and violated these words from God. It's a group of people who are all committed to being quick to speak and slow to listen. And they have their story as to why they should be quick to speak, because I know the truth, and this is right, and I'm right, and you need to hear it. And you may actually be saying something that's truthful. You just forgot these. You ignored them entirely. It's not that we can't love people with our words, but we should love them with our ears first. If you ever have thought to yourself, I don't have any understanding as to how they could think that, you've just confessed to your problem, not theirs. You don't understand. They understand. You don't. So that's a you problem, not a them problem. And do you want to have ears to understand and hear where they're coming from? And if you don't, then just own it and realize Solomon has some things to say to me and you during those moments. Some not, not some nice, not nice words at all. He was very rude. When we don't take note of this, we suffer for it. And on multiple occasions, uh, Jesus would sit down, and before he would give a teaching, he would say this. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. He would say this constantly before he would give a sermon. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Hear me, hear me. Come on, lean in, listen, listen. And ears that hear are ears that do. They're, they're ears that actually leave what and what taken what they've just heard and done something about it and applied it. Jesus said these words, hear these words. He says, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, these words are for you, that he's called you to be a fisher of men, to reach others with the love of Jesus Christ. And you may feel excited about that calling. You may feel intimidated by that calling. You may not feel smart enough for that calling, not know enough for that calling. Uh, the good news is when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become born again, and he gives you spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit to empower you to do that and be a fisher of men. And even just as good of news as that, um, he gave you some gifts at birth that you can use to reach others with the love of God, and they're right here on the side of our head. Ears to hear. Ears to hear what God is saying. Ears to hear what others are saying. Because Jesus said this in Mark 16, you are to go into the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere. This is for every Christian. This is not for missionaries, pastors, or evangelists. This is for every Christian to go into their world and reach people with the love of Jesus. And there are many ways we can do that, but most certainly a way we can do that is by loving people with our listening, loving people with our ears. I'm telling you, there are people sitting next to you at school and at work and in your neighborhood that are silently and quietly suffering, feeling like nobody cares and nobody wants to listen because we move so fast through life. Loving people with our ears can be one of the greatest things, greatest ways we can be used by God. And then God, as we have ears to hear Him, will download us words to give to them. How cool is that?
you and I already possess two amazing tools that we need to go and reach people with the love of God. So God, give us ears to hear. I love this quote. There was a a German theologian, Christian pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and um, incredible life. He, uh, He lived during the reign of the Third Reich in Nazi Germany, and he was one of, sadly, the few Christian pastors that stood against Nazi Germany. Uh, Many of the other Christian pastors just went along with all the hate and evil and crimes and atrocities, but not him. So he ended up being sent to a German um, concentration camp, and sadly, just a few days before Germany surrendered, he would be killed in that camp and never make it out. And he gives us these words that I think are just so cool. Bonhoeffer writes, Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. I love this so much. That there's this connection that between if we have ears to hear God, we can have ears to hear our brother and sister or stranger. And God can use us to love them with our ears. And whenever we love people with our listening, we are acting just like our Heavenly Father, who the psalmist wrote about, that his ears are always open. I love that. I pray God would let us love people with our ears today and this week and for 2023, and from this day forward, and none of us in this room will always do that perfectly. We'll move too fast, and we need to repent and slow down. We won't stop to take time to listen to what God is saying, so therefore we don't have anything to say to anybody else, and we can repent of that and come back to times of just sitting in stillness and silence with God so that He, we can open up our ears to what He would want to say so that we can love others with our ears. So what non-listening thing do you need God's help with? If we could throw that slide up with all the things. Just ask God to help you. God, I need you to fix the fixer. I need you, Holy Spirit, to touch my ears so that I would have ears to hear. Ears to hear hard things. Ears to hear things I don't even agree with. Simply ears to hear. And I would suggest that often the approach we take to listening to others is often the same approach we take to our relationship with God. There are some who are just the talkers, and God wants to speak, and there's no room and space for him to say anything because we just do all the talking. And our prayers are about fixing other people, and he's like, oh, I really had something to say to you that would fix you. But we're so busy just praying for everyone else. So be mindful of that, not just how we listen to one another, but even how we listen to God. Some of us are half listeners in our prayer times and in our devotions. We got something else going on entirely. And, and, and God would be like, would you just sit still, son? Adam, would you just sit still? Put all that away. You don't need your phone right now. Everyone else will be just fine. Would you just sit with me, son? And would you open up your ears to hear? I'd like to invite Jason up. Uh, he's just going to play in the background. I'd like to invite our prayer teams up this morning. If you would like ears to hear, if you would like God to touch your ears, I'd like you to come up and, and, and get with one of our prayer teams. You can get prayer from someone next to you. If you want ears to hear, if you want to go and reach the world, your world, your school, your job, your home, your neighborhood with the good news of Jesus Christ, 
We have two tools right here that we can use that are already, if we just make our ears available, if we just make our ears available, I'm telling you, we can love. And anytime one of those non-listening practices come up, maybe the Holy Spirit can just quiet you in that moment and be like, stop, put your phone away, listen, be there, be present. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to touch my ears, to touch our ears. And if you need prayer for anything that has, has nothing to do with today's message, please don't leave. Come and get prayer. I'm going to close this. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a wonderful listener. You just let me go on and on. You're so patient. And some of the things I complain about and gripe about and moan about, I'm not even seeing the same way as you see those things. And yet you just listen. And when I quiet down and I stop talking, you'll actually speak. And you'll begin to touch things and help me to see things the way you see them. You'll help me to see people the way you see them. You'll help me to see myself the way you see me. You'll help me to see my world the way you see me. Holy Spirit, touch my ears. Give me ears to hear you. Give me ears to hear my neighbor, my friends, my strangers. Touch my ears and may they be opened up. And may that lead to others opening up their hearts so that we can pray for them, love on them, listen to them, touch our ears. Some of us have, have decade-long hab habits that we brought into relationships that you want to break. You want to give us breakthrough and touch it. Do that today. Start a process. Complete the good work you have in us. We love you and thank you that we can always go to you and your ears are always open. Make us like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, friends, for being here. If you need prayer, please come up and get it. Have a wonderful Sunday. We love you guys.